Hello, everyone. Welcome back, and thank you for joining us on the Live Unreal with Glover U podcast, where every week, Jeff Glover and his coaches dive deep into questions that you are asking. They understand the challenges you're facing on a day-to-day basis and still work every day on the front lines of real estate, with Jeff and his team closing over 1,000 homes per year. In today's episode, Taylor Kerrigan shares 10 leadership lessons she's learned from 10 years from working with Jeff as his executive assistant. Now, let's hear from Taylor. Okay. We are going to experience, for the first time ever, one, well, not even one, see, I'm even just naturally used to saying one-on-one interview and all this. For the first time ever, we're going to be hearing a conversation from a lady by the name of Taylor Kerrigan. And for those that are not familiar, I'm going to move this out of the way. For those that are not familiar, for the last 10 years, Taylor has ran the behind the scenes, not just here at Glover U, but in my sales business, in our brokerage business, in our team business. I mean, pretty much if, if it needed to be executed and implemented, she did it. I might have some crazy ideas or have some weird creative thoughts and, you know, constantly saying, write this down or add this or send a note. We need to get into this later. We need to look at this. You can document this. I'm going to email you this, right? Our, our marketing director, Alana, I drive her nuts. I'm literally sending her ideas from 6 in the morning until midnight, 1 a.m. sometimes. Same thing with Taylor through the last 10 years. If you want to meet someone that can execute on a high level and that has experienced everything from selling just a few hundred homes a year to operating brokerages of over, uh, being involved in brokerages of over 600 agents and now doing things like this with Glover U and other businesses as well, I think you're in a real treat over the next 30 minutes. So please join me in welcoming to the stage Ms. Taylor Kerrigan. I think it's very know that It's Tricky is my absolute favorite song. So when Big Ben in the back, which give a round of applause for Big Ben. If you were at the Live On Real retreat with us in Traverse City, Big Ben was the, uh, our DJ that we brought in for the first time. And when we were done with that event, I'm like, so what'd you think? Did you have fun with us group of realtors? And he said, I want to come back every single event. So when I told him that we were going to be down here in Orlando, it wasn't even a question. He said, I'm in. So if you have any requests today, he takes requests for the breaks. But again, round of applause for Big Ben. Thank you for joining us. So I feel like I've probably spoken to all 1,000 plus of you in this room at some point in your, your um, attendance at Glover U events or whatever the case is. But for those of you that don't know me and know my story, Jeff hired me when I actually, I was fresh out of high school. I just turned 18, and he, he loves and hates this story a little bit. But my sister went to high school with Jeff, and he posted on Facebook that he was looking for a marketing assistant. And so I was going to school for marketing at that time, 
And she sent me a screenshot of his Facebook post and said, hey, this guy was kind of a dweeb in high school, but you know, he seems like he's really smart and like maybe you can learn something from him. And so I reached out to him on Facebook and I remember I met with him, it was on a Tuesday, I went into our Plymouth office and I had met with him for an interview. And you know, he asked me a couple questions, asked me about my experience, which by the way, zero actual real estate experience or business experience. I was actually a manager of a restaurant for a few years before that, again, only 18. And so um, you know, we had a discussion for a little bit and he said, okay, I think you can do the job. And so we tell the joke that a couple days after that, he sent me to a conference and said, I don't really know how to teach you for your role, but I, I think that you should come to this thing and you'll be fine. <laughs> so if you take our systems of real estate course, you'll know that that's not the way that we train people today. But obviously Jeff saw something in me at that time and I am forever grateful for the opportunity that he gave me because I get to live my unreal life every single day with each and every one of you now. So fast forward to today, like I mentioned, Jeff hired me. Um, I started as a marketing assistant for him and we quickly saw Jeff was selling about 100 homes um, at that time, you know, uh, prospecting every single day, servicing clients. He didn't have an executive assistant. And so, you know, he had someone who helped him with listings, he had a transaction coordinator, but not really someone who was actually in charge of keeping him on track, keeping him on pace, saying, hey dude, what are you doing? Hey, get off of Facebook, you're supposed to be prospecting, and all of those different things that we know that we need as top agents. And so I fell into the executive assistant role, and really Jeff gave me the opportunity to, to look at the entire customer experience from start to finish and give my suggestions on where I think it could improve. And while I would love to say that I had some magic pill or I had some systems and, and so forth that you know, we were able to flip the, you know, a switch and, and see our business increase, it honestly was accountability and it was having someone who was with you every single day reminding you of your goals and reminding you of your why. And so that next year, after Jeff really gave me the opportunity to take the reins with, with his sales business, we went from selling 100 homes together to 227 the next year. And so the reason why I share that with you is because that's possible for anyone in this room. That's possible for anyone to identify your quote unquote TK or Kate or leader that can help you implement and, and take your vision and build what this is today. When Jeff was talking about the Battle Creek event that we had, the, the big snowstorm, I was looking at pictures of it um, a couple weeks ago when I was actually making a Facebook post talking about today's um, keynote. We had like 75 people in the room and like 50 of them were our agents. <laughs> today, look at who we're surrounded by. Anything is possible when you look at what your life is like in five years or in 10 years. And so today what I'm gonna share with you is 10 of the best lessons that I've learned from Jeff over the last 10 years. And some of them, you know, I, some of you may recognize, oh yeah, I would agree with that one just from being around him for so long. And some of them I've learned through osmosis and just through studying him. You know, if we look at the 24 hours in a day, I probably talked to him 20 of those hours because we all know the guy doesn't sleep. So when, when I share these with you today, my hope is that these lessons can be impacted in your life in one way or another, 
and that you get to experience your unreal life through the, the same way that I have through Jeff over the last 10 years. Okay, so let's go in here. So I've been with Jeff now um, for, like I said, we, we, out of a 24-hour day, we talk nearly 20 of them, right? And the first one that he ever taught me, and if you've been to an SLS or an advanced session or even one of our tour stops or anything like that, you've heard flip the switch, right? Flip the switch hits me a little bit differently, though. When we talk about flip the switch for me, obviously he says it's not, it doesn't matter what happened to you during your drive-in. It doesn't matter what happened to you this morning. It doesn't even happen, matter, matter what happened to you during check-in today. The same thing he told me as soon as I walked backstage. He's like, Taylor, you know what to do, flip the switch. What matters is where you are in that moment and who's counting on you. And as a leader of, the or of an organization, Jeff has taught me the leader is the keeper of the culture. And so what I want you to write down in your notes is flip the switch, you control the environment. Flip the switch, you control the environment. Your people will either win or lose depending on how well you can control your emotions and responses. Your people win or lose depending on how well you, as the leader, control your emotions and responses. So what do I mean by that? Obviously, I've seen Jeff over the last 10 years, sometimes at his best and sometimes at his worst. And I have to tell you, you'd never know the difference. Why? because Jeff is a master at controlling his emotions and controlling his mindset and flipping the switch. When you're a leader of an organization or even working with anyone, whether it's a friend, a family member, they're counting on you in that moment. How often are you showing up for them and are you showing up your best? Write down the words, flip the switch, you are in control of your emotions. Right? So how often do we respond to situations that really don't require a response? I've seen myself in situations before, and I have to hear, you know, see really quick. What's funny about Jeff is at, most of you know that we do a lot of advertising up in Michigan. So there's billboards, there's radio ads, there's TVs. And I swear that there's like some artificial intelligence that's following me at all times to where one of his billboards or one of his radio ads comes on right at the time that I need a reminder that Jeff's telling me I need to do A, B, and C, okay? So there's dozens of times that something will happen and I wanna respond right away, or I wanna feel an exact emotion because of something that happened. Is it really necessary? If we allow whatever happened to us derail our entire day, what would happen? You're the keeper. Of, your, of those outcomes, and you're the keeper of the environment for your people, right? How often do we tell ourselves that we can be disappointed, upset, or discouraged, but after five minutes, knock it off? There's so many times where Jeff tells me, go in the back room, get pissed off for a second, and come back in five minutes. After five minutes, it doesn't matter anymore. It sounds so silly, but that's why I put this as lesson number one, because until you master your mindset, until you implement all of the things that Jeff just walked through with you, as far as mastering mindset and being in control, nothing else matters. Be like Jeff, 
and flip the switch. Lesson number two. If you've heard me speak before, you've likely heard me talk about this one sentence. I love it and I hate it. I'm sure you'll figure it out. I'm sure you'll figure it out. Now, see, this is funny because this is honestly probably the most common phrase that comes out of Jeff's mouth to me over the last 10 years. Same thing this morning. I'm like, Jeff, ABC is going wrong with the, the firewall here at the, the hotel. I can't connect any printers. What do I do? I'm sure you'll figure it out. OK, great. Thank you. <laughs> yes, I know. And could use some help. But OK, I'm sure I'll figure it out. Okay. So <laughs> my point with that is, there have been so many times over the last 10 years where I ran to Jeff because that was my first initial instinct. And what he's taught me throughout the years is that a true leader and a true person who's focused on growing personally and professionally asks themselves first, did I really try to figure this out first? There was a time that Jeff and I, um, it was probably, I want to say year three, that we were working together, we were selling about 500 homes a year, and we had three admin. We had a listing coordinator, a transaction coordinator, and myself. So this young, you know, 18-year-old Spitfire comes in and starts saying, like, hey, we need to do this on social media. Hey, we need to do this with our CRM and all of these different things. And what ended up happening is we realized that some of the people that we had on the bus maybe weren't necessarily the right people in those roles. And I think, by the way, they felt that way a little bit too, which is fine, right? Not everyone needs to go from selling 100 homes a year to selling 1,000 homes a year, right? And so they came into Jeff's office and handed, they both walked in at the same time, so that's first red flag. My, my cubicle, by the way, was right outside of Jeff's, and Jeff has like a glass office. And so you could see kind of like what was going on and who's coming in and who's coming out. And so I see them both walk in. So again, red flag number one. Red flag number two, the door closes. Red flag number three, they both hand him a piece of paper. And I could see the look on his face change automatically. And in that moment, you know, I could see that there was some discussion back and forth. And both of those associates walked out of the office grabbed a box of their stuff, and left. So naturally, me, I walk in, and I'm like, everything OK? We good? And he said, well, you, you see the two that, that just left, they put in their resignation letters. They don't think that they're the right people for these roles anymore, now hearing the vision of our organization and where we're going. My first response back to Jeff was, we are selling 500 homes a year. What do you mean? we don't have an administrative staff anymore. I'm sure you'll figure it out. <laughs> so we went through probably nine months of, it was like nine to 12 months of me being our only operations person during that time period. Again, listing coordinator, you know, front desk person answering phones. At one time I was even the photographer, you name it, I've done it. You know, they had me stuffed in mailers, taking out the trash, all these different things. So I became the jack of all trades is actually this, the um, job title that was on my business card. And I share that story with you for two reasons. One, it's okay. 
sometimes to set it on fire and rebuild. Number two, it gave us the opportunity to redo it the right way and rebuild our organization that would allow us to truthfully provide unreal experience and allow us to go from 500 to 1,000. The operations team that you see at these events today are our Glover Agency operations team during the uh, non-event time. They love when I say, hey, listen, guys, goal is now we're going to sell 1,200. Goal is now we're going to sell 1,500. Why? Because we hired people with the like mind. Why? Because we've taught them over the last years that there's nothing we can't figure out. You just got to take that step back and force yourself to think about it before you jump to the conclusion that it can't be done. So in your notes next to, I'm sure you'll figure it out, I want you to write down, how often do we give up before we've really tried our all? How often do we give up before we've truthfully tried our all? You know, all joking aside, when I, I make fun of Jeff in that phrase, Jeff knew I knew the answer. He knew that I knew could get us to the next point. He knew that the organization would be fine at 500 units with one admin because we'd figure it out. Now, what could normally happen is unless you had that mindset, you could freak out, you could let every day control you instead of you controlling the day, or even worse, you could have given up. Jeff talks about the expiration date for real estate agents. He just talked about it now, and himself personally, who had an expiration date, and that he was nearing that expiration date. Could you imagine if he gave up? Thank God he didn't, because we're all here today because of that. Thank God for Tim Riley who told him, one more day, one more day. So next time you find yourself in a situation that you don't think you can figure it out, be like Jeff and tell yourself, I'm sure you'll figure it out. Lesson number three. You earn respect by showing people you earn respect by showing people who they will become when they work alongside you. You earn respect by showing people who they will become when working alongside you. I've already told you when I started working for Jeff, I was fresh out of high school. I was 18 years old. I technically wasn't even allowed to drink at our company functions. We had, <laughs> technically, <laughs> technically. We poured it in a different cup, okay? We had, you know, slim systems, as you could hear. We had slim back a house. Scaling our business was kind of the last thing that we were thinking of. You know, Jeff put me in a, and, and honestly, I don't know what he saw in me at 18 years old as a waitress fresh out of high school. Honestly, sometimes I just think to myself, maybe he thought, what could I lose? <laughs> and honestly, I'm glad that he did. But he gave me that complete and utter control to improve our customer experience. Now, here's the number one mistake that I made. At 18 years old, I had an ego. I thought that people should do anything that I told them to do because Jeff put me in charge. Wrong. I remember I had a large presentation to the Glover Agency agents in the room, our OGs, 
from years ago, you likely remember this. I gave a large presentation when we were switching over our computer system. And now remember, love Jeff. For years, though, he told us that CRMs weren't a real thing and just throw it away if they weren't ready to buy or sell right now. Obviously, that was years ago, and that is not what we teach today. And part of that was years ago, we, we implemented a CRM. So here's this young whippersnapper, as he likes to call me, who comes in and says, hey, we're going to do the CRM. We're going to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Number one mistake I made is I didn't show them how they could earn more or do more by implementing it. And so I will never forget, I was doing this presentation. I was talking about the CRM. And an agent at the time came up to me afterwards and said, I will never take advice for my business from a child. So naturally, you can guess, started crying, walk into Jeff's office, tell him I quit. <laughs> I'm not doing this. I'll go back and work at the restaurant. And the advice Jeff gave me at the time was, Taylor, you have to remember they will respect you once you can show them who they will become. And so now when we look at it, and by the way, this isn't selfish. This, this is human nature, right? That doesn't mean that that person was selfish. That doesn't mean that that person didn't necessarily respect me. It just meant that I didn't do a good enough job as a leader showing them their, their potential and who they could become if they followed what we suggested. And so after a few minutes of tears and defeat, Jeff told me to flip the switch and head back into the agent's office. And from that point forward, over the last 10 years, and our operations teams in the back of the room, our leadership teams in the back of the room, they know that every single time when they're getting ready to present, before they go up in front of our agents, I, I ask them the question, why do they care? And so the reason why I decided to put this as one of the leadership lessons for each and every one of you in this room today is because you have to force yourself to think about why do your clients care? Why does anyone who work alongside you care? Why would they work with you versus this person? And honestly, above all, one of the number one things that kind of stood out to me when I was putting this together was ego matters. People don't want, you know, and, and from time to time at, at Glover U, we see this all the time, right? We see it on Facebook, that accidental success stories, the people who post on Facebook about how much they've sold and even worse, how much they made and all of these different things. Your clients don't care. Your agents don't care. Stop posting about yourself and post about your people. And your people are either the people who work with you or your clients. That's why Jeff tells you facts tell but stories sell. Facts tell but stories sell. Show who you developed or show who you helped as a buyer or a seller and that's how you get people to respect you. The moment I changed my mindset on this, and the moment that I realized if everything I do, I position as how can I help you and who can I help you become, my relationships changed. My why changed. The moment you realize you're not important, they are, is when you'll win. And I was lucky that Jeff taught me that lesson at an early 19 years old, and honestly, sometimes has to remind me about it every so often. You know, we'll make a Facebook post, and he said, eh, you should say this instead. Remember who your audience is. Your audience are your agents. Your audience are your buyers or your sellers. 
By the way, that same agent who made me cry about nine years ago has now told me multiple times in the last couple years how much I've changed his business and how much he is closer to his unreal life because of me. As a reminder, they don't care. They, the way you win is by showing someone who they will become when they align with you. That goes for every relationship in your life. Next lesson. I feel like I'm Jeff now because now I'm just going to say point next. Am I on four now? Four? Okay. True Jeff fashion, we're just going to say point next. Okay. Jeff taught me that nothing is unattainable, unattainable if it's truly what you want. Jeff taught me nothing is unattainable if it's truly what you want. I have to tell you guys, and I'm going to not try not to cry. No, now you're going to make me cry. <laughs> when I tell you that we're going to be the largest training and coaching organization, I feel it. I mean it. There is not an ounce of my body that doesn't believe it. And I hope you guys feel that way, too. Now, I want you to know why I made that one of the points. Because Jeff has done such an amazing job of reminding me over the years, there is never a vision that's cast that I don't believe. Jeff meant what he said, that we get emails at like 3 AM of like, remind me to talk to you about LUH. And I'm like, what, the hell? what is LUH? But it's something he dreamt up. That's a vision that's going to help our agents. There hasn't been a time in the last 10 years that in my heart, I know that no one will work harder to create those visions and bring them to fruition. And honestly, that's why when we, we talk about aligning with people who put you first, that's why Glover U will become the number one training and coaching organization. Because there is not a single doubt in any of our leadership or coaches' minds that we won't. And it's through your growth and it's through your success. We mean what we say, and more importantly, we follow it through. Write that down. We mean what we say, and more importantly, we follow through. How many times do you hear of team leaders or agents or business owners jumping from shiny object to shiny object trying to catch a quick success? Because I feel like I see it almost every other day on Facebook. There isn't a magic pill that can get you to that next level. It's your commitment and your um, grit and understanding that nothing is unattainable. Jeff taught me if it doesn't require grit and hard work, it's probably not worth the long term. If it doesn't require grit and hard work, it's probably not worth the long term. And if you don't feel it in your bones, it's not going to happen. So for each and every one of you, when you look at your why, when you think about what Justin said on, on stage earlier today, when he walked you through your unreal life, do you feel it in your bones? Do you believe it every single day? If not, what do we have to do to help you? I know that I come to work every single day. Like, I know today we've got 1,000 people in this room. I'm already planning for 5,000. Why? Because there's not a doubt in my mind that that will be one of our events. 
And so I want you to focus on there is not anything that is unattainable. Next lesson. It's less about the journey and more about the end result. It's less about the journey and more about the end result. Now, you know I have to have at least one point that I get to pick on Jeff a bit. Um, if you saw on Facebook, we posted that we got a high blood pressure reader the other day. It's because he raises it about five days a week. That's okay, because we've learned that working with a successful owner, leader, or coworker usually requires a lot of flexibility. Nine times out of 10, by the way, the way that we thought something would go is absolutely nothing similar to what we planned for. Why? Things change. People leave. Markets shift. It's not what happens to you, it's how you respond to it. It's not what happens to you, it's how you respond to it. By the way, that's part of the reason why I came back up on stage earlier today. I can't control that the firewall here sucks and wouldn't let us through. What I can control is that I personally apologize to each and every one of you to make sure that you knew that that's not my minimum standard. You know, and he's right, there's times where I was frustrated and I thought my response would be, you know, how are we gonna fix this? I'm not, in, you know, this isn't what you told me, Jeff. This is a lot harder than it was supposed to be. Chaos, hiccups, and path changes are part of the journey. Chaos, hiccups, and path changes are part of the journey. Embrace them. Remember, like Jeff said, if it's not hard, it probably isn't worth it. Now, Taylor Cornfield, if you're sitting in the room, this is the next leadership lesson. There's no such thing as snow days. There's no such thing as snow days. The reason why I mention Taylor is because um, she knows that that's our boss. <laughs> that's the meme that we send him every single time. We're in Michigan, so that means that we have snow days a lot. And in our organization, we don't take snow days, and we absolutely do not call them the day before. We love how schools will say at like 11 a.m. that there's a snow day tomorrow, and it ends up being just rain the next day. I pick on Taylor because Taylor started with us about six years ago, and it was like the first major snowstorm, and she texted Jeff and said, hey, are we gonna let the teams work from home tomorrow? And I said, side messaged her and said, oh no. You've started the spiral. <laughs> Jeff then went into a long story that reminded Taylor that snow days are just a mindset challenge and that it's fine, you can come to work. <laughs> At that time, by the way, I was living an hour away, so in Michigan that now becomes two hours that it takes you to come to work. I probably quit my job 25 times, cussed Jeff out underneath my breath, everything that I could as I was driving. At the end of the day, I still showed up. Why? It's a mindset thing. It's a mindset challenge. There are so many average agents that will use an inch of snow as an excuse to stay home and forget about their contracts or contacts, sit up, watch Netflix, maybe do some stuff around the house. Not Jeff. He's put on his snowsuit. He's even offered to come shovel my car out of my driveway because it was not an excuse to not come to work that day. My point with this is, why? His mindset's one of the strongest I know. There's no excuse, holdback, or snow day that will stop him or us from hitting our goals. 
for that leadership lesson, be like Jeff, stop taking snow days. Now my Florida friends, you don't have that problem here. So don't take hurricane days, I guess. <laughs> okay. All right, next lesson, sponge method. When I fell into the role of the executive assistant for Jeff, we would meet every morning like clockwork. I would come up with a list of five items that we would cover every single day. If you're interested in those five, we teach it in the Systems of Real Estate course. We would sit down every day from 9 to 9.30. The biggest thing that Jeff did throughout that time was he adapted the sponge method. Now sometimes I think maybe he just didn't know how to train an executive assistant and this is why he decided to do this method, but it ended up working at a really high degree, which is why we share it with you. The sponge method is anytime Jeff was having a conversation with a buyer, with a seller, with a leader of our organization, with an agent, he would force me to listen. And now, in the beginning, you know, I would hand him this list of calls that he would have to make, and in most cases, you would think you would just hand the piece of paper and walk away as the executive assistant and say, here's your calls for today. Not Jeff. He made me sit down across from him and listen to him on every single phone call. Why? Because after a year of doing that consistently over and over, guess who could have the same conversations that he was having with his clients without him having to be present? I made this one of the leadership lessons because how often do we as, as agents or business owners get frustrated when we hire someone and they don't pick it up as fast as we wanted them to? Quite often, I talk to many of you who have hired people before and that's your number one complaint. So my question for you is, how often do you implement the sponge method? How often do you look at your, let's just say, tailor or your next person and make sure that they're around you as much as possible? After a year of doing this, I was able to take over all of Jeff's negotiations. That's that same year that we went from 100 units to 225. Why? Leverage. So like I mentioned, how many times as leaders do we unrealistically expect someone to pick up a new job and be just as good as you were right away? Next time, be like Jeff, implement the sponge method. Put your closest people to you and keep them around you as much as often, or as much as possible. Next lesson. This is, a, this is one that we get pushback on sometimes, and I'm gonna share with you why it's been one of the best over the last 10 years. Quality shows up in the quantity. Quality shows up in the quantity but quantity can also push out the quality. Quality shows up in the quantity, and quantity can also push out the quality. Recruiting agents is hard. We've learned the hard way just because someone starts with you doesn't mean that they stay with you. And as leaders, it's our responsibility to maintain the quality. Jeff's always taught me it's a numbers game. The more that we throw up, the more that will stick. And while that's true, I've also learned from Jeff throughout the years that culture makes or breaks an organization. We went through growing pains a couple years ago where we lost touch with our culture. Negativity spiraled, we lost a couple top producers. It partially happened because we forgot the number one cardinal rule when you're running a team. What you do for one, you have to do for all. What you do for one, you have to do for all. 
So many teams blow up today because they want to make this special deal for this agent and this top producer should get this bonus and they get this special split. I'll never forget the meeting that we had a couple, it was probably about seven or eight years ago, it, we call it our January 2nd meeting, where we decided it was time as an organization that we had to change the compensation structure for our organization. Otherwise, we probably would have went out of business. And Jeff's top producer at that time went to Jeff and said, if you don't honor my split, I'm going to leave. Now keep in mind this top producer was selling 80 plus homes a year and they were all high-end properties. That was his number one key player at that time. What Jeff did at that time is he had a conversation with this person, obviously tried to show him the benefits of the changes that we were making, and also said at the end of the day he cared most about protecting our culture and keeping it fair for everyone, and if that was the choice that you needed to make, then go ahead. How often do we as agents act from scarcity and make special deals or do special things because we want to keep ABC person? What you do for one, you have to do for all. Why? Because quality shows up in the quantity, but quantity can also push out the quality. And the way that you fix that is protecting the culture. Got like two more left, two or three more. Prospecting and accountability should be treated like an appointment. Prospecting and accountability should be treated like an appointment. I had the opportunity to work by, side by side by Jeff for multiple years before his passion blossomed into coaching and training others. During that time period, there wasn't a single day that he didn't prospect. Jeff takes one vacation a year. It's his 4th of July vacation up in Torch Lake, Michigan, part of the reason why the retreat is up in Traverse City. Jeff would actually wake up every single morning before everyone else did and prospect before all of his friends woke up ready to party. Fast forward to today, every single day when he was in the office, he was prospecting from 9 until 10, or I'm sorry, from 8 until 9, met with me from 9 to 9.30, and then again from 10 to 11. Every single day. It didn't matter if he signed three contracts last night. He was back on the phones the next morning. Fast forward to today. Many of you might be from the West Coast and you've had Jeff at one of your tour stops. That means that we have a 7.30 accountability call that we do with our agents every single morning where we go over contacts made, appointments set, appointments gone on, contracts signed, and their goals for today. He does that personally himself every day at 7.30. When he's on the West Coast, you know that that's what, like 4 a.m.? I've asked Jeff multiple times, hey, do you want me to cancel the call? I know that it's super early for you. Never once has he canceled that call. Why? Because it's accountability. And he knows that you have to treat every single prospecting and accountability session like an appointment. How often do we as agents find an excuse as to why we didn't need to prospect? Oh, we got a deal signed this morning. Oh, I got a new listing yesterday. Oh, blah, blah, blah came up and I got to go to this real producer's event. Treat every single prospecting and accountability like an appointment. Last but not least, this is point number 10. Nine? Ten. No, ten. Ten. I thought I heard nine. Last but not least, Jeff taught me how to live my own real life. At 18 years old, 
I would have never thought I would be standing in front of all of you today. And I'm sure Jeff never thought he would be here either. The point that I want to make clear to each and every one of you is Jeff didn't hire the TK he has today. Jeff didn't hire the Kate Simon that he has today. He's developed us over days, weeks, years. He put us in positions to grow, and he gave us the opportunity to fight for what we knew we'd be become, or we could have made the choice to give up and stay mediocre. He never wanted it for us more than we could, and he gave us every opportunity in our power to live our unreal life. So I'll leave you with this. Who is helping you guide the path to your unreal life? Is it a coach? Is it a mentor? Is it a friend or a family member? Whoever that is, I want you to write down their name and circle it. Be the sponge that I was for the last 10 years and become that most unreal version for yourself. Thank you for taking time to join us today on the Live Unreal with Glover U podcast. To get started on having an unreal business, take the real estate self-assessment. After you complete the assessment, a member of Glover U will get on a call with you to create an action plan to improve your score. Go to www.gloveru.com forward slash self. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Search for Live Unreal with Glover U on iTunes, Podbean, or Spotify and subscribe today. Until next time.